0: Hello. Oh there I am. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh Lord, hallelujah. I don't know what y'all feel, but I feel such a churning on the inside. Hallelujah. I feel that that working of his spirit this morning and the only thing I can say this morning, the only real way I know to express it this morning is thank God. I have an overwhelming victory <laughs> through Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful this morning that I'm not cast down, Sister Susie. I'm not overcome by a multitude of, of circumstances or situations like the enemy would like and, and try to do to trip us up. But I I have that overwhelming Victory this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. It's awesome. Hallelujah. I'm free. <laughs> That's a good way to put it this morning, ain't Pat? I'm just free in the Spirit of God. I'm not bound. Hallelujah. By what went on before I got here. I'm not bound. Hallelujah. By what happened all through the week. I'm not bound, Brother Justin. Hallelujah. By the things in life by God. But I am free this morning. I have an overwhelming victory. I have been made more than a conqueror hallelujah that means bless god i didn't just barely get by brother terrell (laughs) hallelujah that means i just didn't almost not even make it up the hill hallelujah but i have more than overcome hallelujah through christ my god i'm excited about that you know I, i had choices this morning did anybody was anybody in the house presented with choices this morning Oh my goodness, I had a choice to be angry. I had a choice to stay home. I had a choice to give in to despair. I had a choice to be worried and upset and fretful. I had a choice, hallelujah. I had a choice. Praise God, guess what I chose? (laughs) Hallelujah, I chose life and freedom and spirit, hallelujah rather than all of that other junk. My, 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 I was coming up the road talking to the Lord like I usually do on Sunday mornings. Not that I don't talk to Him the rest of the week because I do, hallelujah, <laughs> I do. But I was coming up the road, Sister Leeson. I was dealing with one thing at my house and then got a phone call from my daddy, had something else that I had to deal with with that, you know. And I was talking to the Lord and I said, God, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to go to your house bound by this Spirit. I refuse to give in to it, God. I'm yours, hallelujah. And you've more than got this in your hand this day, hallelujah. So I'll just let him go ahead and take it in his hand and set me free, hallelujah, so I can worship, hallelujah, so I can worship, ain't Pat?" My God, do y'all feel that this morning? Hallelujah. We can let go. We can shake it off and step up. Hallelujah. Anybody remember the story? We can shake it off and step up into something victorious, something glorious, something wonderful. Does that mean that everything miraculously changed? No. But this changed. Hallelujah. This here can change. Amen. Regardless of what's going on. I don't know who, <laughs> hallelujah, needs to hear this this morning. But I'm thankful, hallelujah. I'm thankful. My God. Somebody just stand up and bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, you're alive and well. You're in the house of God instead of in a hospital somewhere. My God, you're able to get dressed and get here instead of being bound by infirmity this morning. Hallelujah, we ought to praise Him today. We ought to glorify Him today. He's awesome and wonderful in every way. My Lord, just love on Him a minute. Hallelujah. Lord, we do worship You today. We do glorify You, God. Hallelujah And we lift your name up For you are truly holy And wonderful and beautiful in every way God Oh and we recognize you your majesty Oh we glorify you this morning We love you Jesus We love you Lord This is your day God You do in it what you desire to do God Hallelujah 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 Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, God, give us eyes to see, God. Oh, let us see, God. God, beyond this natural life, God, beyond the carnal things, let us see, God, into that realm with you, Lord, that we can have a vision and not perish, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh my, oh God, you order this service, God. Oh Lord, you order it, God. Every step, every word, every action, every reaction, God. You take control, God. You minister in it and through it, Lord, to perform your will, God. Not ours. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, that name that's above every name. (laughs) That name that every knee will bow. (laughs) Every tongue's going to confess he is Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. That name, that name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I feel your spirit, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Have thine own way, have thine own way, have thine own way, God. Oh, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you are mine and I am yours. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Susie, have you got some praise song you can lead us in? We can just pray worship songs. We can just worship, hallelujah. I just feel that worship in my spirit this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I felt it yesterday. Hallelujah, just to worship Him. Not to ask Him for anything necessarily, but to be submitted, hallelujah, to His Spirit. My God, it's so good to be in His house and in His presence. Amen.
1: Come. jesus you're the lover of my soul jesus love and beauty, your endless worth. For nothing in this world can satisfy. For Jesus, you're the cup that don't run dry. And your bread long God
2: don't need no outside stimulus don't need nobody pulling on me don't need nobody telling me when you show
1: up I automatically
2: go into worship
1: see your presence that's heaven to me I'm glad your presence is heaven to me treasure of my heart and of my
2: soul. Where's our treasure at this morning? Amen. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Kathy, come in this morning with victory, amen. You know where her heart was? That treasure. That treasure of victory. That treasure that overcomes the world, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you're the treasure of my heart and of my soul. Without that, we don't have victory. Because in my weakness
1: you are merciful
2: how many people need mercy in your weakness amen sometimes i declare strength when i'm so weak
1: amen treasure of my heart and of my soul in my weakness you are merciful Redeemer of my past and present wrongs You're the holder of my future days to come Cause your presence That's heaven to me Yes, your presence my heaven to me. Yes, your presence is heaven to me. Yes, your presence that's heaven
2: I like this little chorus right here. I've never tried to play it on piano, so I may have to do it a cappella. But I do this chorus all the time, regardless where I'm at. If I'm at work, if I'm going down the road. Whenever I feel the need, I pull this out. And this is what I whisper.
1: Mm, well, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. The way is still straight, and there's a race to be run. And you can live as you please, but you must pay the cost. Cause this highway to heaven still goes by the cross. Now, everybody. For there's a heaven to gain and a
2: hell to shun. Do we still believe that, amen? See, back whenever I was growing up, people believed that there was a hell, amen? And they believed that that was a place, a literal place, amen, that at Judgment Day you would go one or the other. But today we live like there ain't no heaven and there ain't no hell. Today we live like this is the only thing we got going and we're trying to make the best out of it. But I'm telling you, I still believe in a judgment. Amen. I still believe that we're going to stand before God and be judged for every deed done in our body. The Bible says whether they be good or whether they be bad. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I still believe in a straight way. The way is still straight. And there's a race to be run. And you can
1: live as you please, but you must pay the cost. Cause the highway to heaven, it still goes by the cross.
2: Amen. I still believe in a blood-bought way. Hallelujah. I still believe in a way that goes by the cross. I still believe that when you're down, He can pick you up. Glory to God. I really do. <laughs> is it I always get this mixed up, so help me, Sister Kathy. Is it Psalms twenty-three that says the Lord is my shepherd? Twenty-three, I always say twenty-four most of the time. The Lord is my shepherd. David was relating God to the only thing he had absolute knowledge of. He knew what a shepherd was like. And I can tell you he said, if he's anything like me, then he's a shepherd. Hallelujah. Because see, he David said, I care for the sheep. I cared so much for the sheep that when a lion come out, I slew it. When a bear come out, I slew it. Why? Because I loved the sheep. And he said, and I believe God loves me just like a shepherd. (laughs) Somebody needs to wave your hand and say, the Lord is my shepherd too. He ain't just David's shepherd. He's my shepherd too. I believe he loves me just like that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what he said? He said, as long as I've got him as my shepherd, I ain't got a care in the world. Oh, the devil wants to show you plenty of things that we need to get upset over and aggravated over and distressed over. Every Sunday morning, something comes up, just as I'm about to walk out the door to come to church. Every Sunday morning, I'm serious, that I feel like I have to have control over. I feel like I have to make this thing go away or make this right or make this happen. Because if I don't, who will, right? But the Lord is my shepherd. Every now and then, I just need to remind myself that God is my shepherd. He is in control of this thing. Hallelujah. Not just me. And if the devil sent it, God can take care of it. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I like this too. He maketh me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes he has to absolute hogtie me. I mean, hands and feet and push me over. He has to make me lay down in green pastures. I want to run around, I want to till the ground, I want to fertilize, I want to, I, I want, I want, I want to, and God said, you can't get restored like that, Susie, as long as you're doing it, it's not restoration, it's works, it's works, and we'll, all works does is makes us anxious, come on, all works does is makes us anxious, but he said, he, rest- he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me, now he don't just make me anymore, but now he's leading me beside still waters. Hallelujah. And then he says, and he restoreth my soul. That's where the restoration comes. Amen. It's only after he makes us stop. Stop. Stop what we're doing. Just uh, put the brakes on. Somebody say, I'm going to stop this morning. And I'm just going to rest in him. Just going to rest. Just going to take a siesta. <laughs> just a siesta. Not a big long nap. You know, siesta is a short nap. Just a rest. He said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Glory to God. I just want to rest this morning. One more time, okay? Just one more time. Let's just get a chorus of something, something, something. One more time. What about who am I? Is that okay? And let's just rest for a minute. All right, I know.
1: He'll save
3: Jesus, I love the Lord. This is why we need the body. I was coming down the road today and just singing my heart out. But I'm not gifted. You know, but it's from my heart, you know. and, And you listen to words of songs when... Will you turn me down a bit, brother? And it's a gift. When somebody can write a song, you know sometimes when you hear the words... You know God gave them those words, but then when you hear a vessel that's anointed of the Lord to sing it just makes all the difference. I tell you this, there's such a worship and just praise in my spirit today and a humbleness of the Lord from the Lord of or to the Lord rather of thank you. You know, that's about the short version <laughs> there's too much to be so much to be thankful for i had a song i've been s- singing the first couple of phrases words of it and i was telling my husband i said do you there's a song it comes out the title is above all and i started to text you this morning and ask you if you knew it i been so i downloaded it last night and and i finally got it because you know how you get the words all twisted i, I was nowhere even close but anyway, I knew the Lord. As a, for, keep going in my spirit. There was a reason, you know. He doesn't. That, I'm just not a. That's not my area that I swim in, so to say, you know. So if a song, it's like a scripture. If it keeps coming over and over, I know God's talking to me in a song. And I just got listening to the words to that song, you know. And he, he was, I laid down his life with me. Above all, it was for me. Above all, I was what was on his mind. Above all. Above all glory. He was everything. Above all glory. Above all power. Above all kingdoms. Above all nature. Above all creation. Above all everything. All man's wisdom. Above all he was before we were. And he laid down his life and he was alone. He was despised and he was alone. That just every time I kept hearing that, it just so broke my heart. But he chose that above all. I can't even relate to that in my life yet. And I so desire that nature and that song you were singing with the, about his presence that is heaven to me we so desire his presence and when we're in his presence no matter how it manifests it changes us if you let it let me put it that way i've lent a lot of people can be in his presence but if you submit yourself to the working of the spirit of god it changes you so however he manifests whether it's Like we were this morning or in prayer or whatever, however, just submit yourself to that working of his spirit. I'm so just overcome with him this morning and going to add on to what Sister Susie was saying about resting in him. And uh the Lord just has brought to my mind several times Martha and Mary and I've heard it preached a lot of ways, but the Lord broke it down to me this way one time. That Martha she was about serving Jesus. Wasn't about the people take when he says you're cumbered about many things, they take it as she was She was all about cooking, cleaning, washing, getting everything ready, and serving. But the point was, she was cumbered about serving Jesus. She missed it. Mary was receiving Jesus. He says, who's chief of all, a servant of all. He says, I came as a servant. Because people say, oh, I can't have Jesus serve me. Yeah, you better. You better let him serve you the bread of life. He says, take my bread, eat of me. He served it. He served. He served. If you can't humble yourself and let Jesus serve you, you don't understand what it's like to humble yourself and serve others. You must. Jesus washed their feet because he said, I must. I must do this. And Martha she, she loved Jesus and revered him, I have no doubt. She had reverence and all of that that would come, but she missed it. She thought that serving him, doing all that work, the works, she was so sure that was getting her what she needed, when in fact that needful part that Mary chose, she sat And received of the Lord, and He has to bring my mind back to that. Many times He has to bring me back to that, to remember to sit. Let what good am I, Sister Pat? Going out in myself, few people are going to just like me for me. My mama, you know, my husband probably most of the time, you know. But that's going to be not you know just for us and who we are as people. You know, I can turn a lot of people off, rub them the wrong way or whatever's you know. But if I can't minister Christ into their life, what am I doing? So i got to be still and let Him minister to me. That's what He wants. We get it backwards, Sister Susie. We get it backwards so many times. So let's take those words that The Lord's been ministering to us this morning. Thank God He's just, I don't know, I felt such a washing in my spirit and such a breaking in my spirit. I got hardness in there that I don't want. I got things in there I don't want. And I just surrendered them to Him. God, one more time, one more time, wash me, cleanse me, make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. Let's just reach out to him for a few minutes. I don't know if pastor's going to minister to, you know, minister the word or what, but I know how I feel his spirit ministering to us today. Let's take a couple minutes. Oh, God, I love you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your tenderness and your mercy. God, I thank you for it. Lord, I reverence this spirit. Lord, I reverence your presence this morning. God, I know that I do not understand the depth and the height of you, Lord. I know that I don't, Lord, but I recognize you. I recognize you God I'd be like Peter wanting to run build a temple because I saw something and recognized it great God but I know that won't do anything Lord so I just reverence you God I reverence you this morning Lord we lift your name up that holy name of Jesus that wonderful name of Jesus I love that name Jesus it brings me so much comfort and so much peace thank you for that holy name of Jesus there There's no other name. Oh, there's no other name like Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Holy One, King of kings and Lord of lords. I love you today. God, minister to our hearts. Lord, minister to us, God. I reach out to you, God, for the people that are listening and watching. God, I know there's need. God, I reach out to you for them. God, let your spirit minister into their lives. God, go to the Fort Payne Church. God, strengthen our brethren there. Lord, strengthen them. God encourage them lift them up today God Lord in the body of Christ God that's gathered everywhere all over this country today God lift our hearts God lift us up God cause us to be encouraged in you God cause us to set our eyes on you and lift you up Jesus if we lift you up Lord all men are going to come unto you oh I love you today God I love you I praise you today Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you're so worthy. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. Hallelujah. Let's just hold on a minute and rest. Oh, I thank you. Thank you for the body. Don't you thank the Lord for his body? God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. I do just want to continue that waiting. I don't want to rush his presence. Oh, God. Hallelujah. There is still the working of his spirit. Let's reverence it a little longer. Let's reverence it. This is such an honor. What change is coming to us today? We don't even know. We don't even know what change and preparation is coming to us today. Oh, hallelujah. He's bringing a change to our spirit. He's bringing a change to our very nature today. He's equipping us for the battle that's ahead. We have ideas in our minds and our spirits of how we think the spirit should operate and move and pour into us. But if we just yield ourselves to the working of his spirit, then it will manifest in our lives in the fashion and the desire that he would have. Oh, hallelujah. Don't put him in a box. Don't put him in a box. Just let him work his work today. Let him work his work today. Hallelujah. I ask you right now, you got something you've been struggling with, surrender to it. Surrender it to the Lord today. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you lay aside these things that are hindrances. Ask him. I have struggles. I have them. But I know he understands my my temptations and my fears and my passions, he understands them. Hallelujah. Ask Him to help you today. Oh, Hallelujah. I feel Him equipping us for battle. I feel Him equipping us for battle. I feel Him making us strong today in Him. The very thing Sister Susie was talking about in our weaknesses, that's where He's made strong. Paul talks about it. And we're made strong. He embraced His weaknesses. I embrace my weaknesses. And I know that in my weaknesses, that's where Christ is going to be made manifest. Greatest glory. Hallelujah. Surrender yourself to him today. Surrender yourself. I'm telling you, surrender that struggle. Surrender that struggle. Quit trying to fight that fight. Quit trying to fight that fight and surrender to him and let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Give it to him today. Cast all your care upon him and give it to him. He's pouring strength into us today. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance so when we come and His presence shows us the things and the areas that we struggle with, it breaks our hearts. And we do turn to Him and we tell Him we're sorry. And we repent and we want to be changed. And we submit ourselves to Him and then, then He pours His Spirit in us. And He fills that place and His strength is manifest. Oh, hallelujah. His nature is manifest. Not our willpower, not our nature, but his strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It's by His Spirit. It's not by might. And it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, He's pouring His Spirit into us today. There's a baptism of strength. It's being poured into us today. He's pouring His Spirit into us and equipping us. Hallelujah. I don't know what tonight holds. I don't know what's happening right this minute that I have no control over. I don't have a clue, but I know and trust He is equipping. He is equipping. I don't accept the bad report. My fear would go down in fear, but my faith says I don't accept the bad report. And I accept the Spirit of God strengthening me today. I ex- Oh my goodness, Iris! Re- I'm thankful for it. I'm so thankful for it. People watching might think we were spiritual schizophrenics. We go from boo hooing, you know, to shouting. But I'm telling you, sometimes you got to go in that low place before you can come up high. You got to go to that place of repentance and brokenness before he can come in and build you up. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it makes me just want to do a big old stomp and happy dance on the the devil's hand, because that's all he can look at is the bottom of our feet. But hallelujah, I'm not just throwing words and phrases out there. I'm saying, I feel a change in my spirit. I can't work it up that good. I don't have enough uh, experience and enough talent and enough skill to just work it up. Hallelujah. I pray. I pray that you feel the strength the Spirit of God's pouring in. Hallelujah. And I don't feel the fear the battle ahead i don't you know look forward to it and relish the idea of it but i trust him i trust him i trust him i trust him no matter what i trust him hallelujah that's divine grace glory mercy hallelujah do you love the lord today are you thankful Well, you need to be excited about it. Let's stand to our feet. I'm not being the orchestrator, but I want us to honor the presence of God. And our pastor is getting ready to come. And however, the word of the Lord is going to be delivered to us today. But let's honor Him. Let's embrace Him. Let's embrace His nature and His strength today. And let's leave here encouraged. Amen? Leave here encouraged today. Hallelujah. Let's receive our pastor.
4: Thank you, Lord. I want us to go to prayer. What I want you to do is ask God to give you eyes to see, ears to hear. Because the Spirit's speaking. The Spirit's speaking. There's a working of the Spirit of God to draw people into the place they were predestined and foreordained to fulfill. Y'all may not believe in it, but the Bible teaches. Paul talks about being predestined and foreordained for that work of God that God had called him to do. That don't mean your life's planned out. That means God has chosen you for a specific purpose. And it's up to you to find that mind and will of God. And that's what my goal is. Is to find the place God's ordained me. And put me for these last days. Because that's what I'm here for. The Lord told me in 1989. He said, I didn't put you here to be a husband. I didn't put you here to be a father. He said, that's your choosing. He said, I put you on this earth. He said, to be a predestined, foreordained, manifested Son of God. And I believe that. And I'm pressing toward that mark. So let's ask God to help us today. I ain't worried about how few's here. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. You can take four or five people submitted to God's will. You can turn the world upside down. Amen. Amen. You just gotta get four or five. And I told people when I went to Fort Payne, I said, "Just give me five people that'll pray with me, that'll press, that'll seek God, that'll knock, that'll ask, that'll believe." Just give me, a, just give me a handful. It's all I need is just somebody's gonna pray and petition God with me. But you know, I never could get those five. You never could get. I'm going to tell you, there's something in me. When I go after God, God knows I'm coming after Him. He knows I'm coming after Him. Because He can feel my passion. If you got a passion to seek the Lord, if you got a passion for God to reveal Himself in you, you've got to be passionate. That's missing a lot of people, that passion to serve the Lord. Let's go to prayer right now. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, I feel your presence in such a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Thank you, Father, for allowing your spirit to settle down and meet with us. Lord, that you are so mindful, God, of these handful of people in this little bitty church out in the country. God, that you're so mindful of us. You care so much about us that you've allowed the very presence. You've allowed your very presence and your very spirit to come meet with us in this place today. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your grace. God, for your compassion and your care. That you care about us, Lord. Now give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking under the church. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up, let it be honored and glorified whatever's done here today, whatever's spoken. It's by you and through you and for your glory. Because I confess I can do nothing without you. But I know and understand that I can do all things through the very Christ. That strengtheneth me. Father I believe. I believe in you Holy Savior. I believe in your name. I believe in your stripes. I believe in your blood. I believe in the working of your mighty power. That's taking its abode in us. Give us that strength and that zeal and that determination, Lord, to put our hand to the plow and to fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints and press our way into this heavenly kingdom. Let your will, I don't care what else happens, Lord, we need your will to be done. In this short time that we're gathered together, we need your will to be done, Father, Give us direction, give us wisdom, give us understanding, and order our steps in your word, and we give you honor, in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah, you can go ahead and be seated if you would, I tell you, I feel the spirit of the Lord in a great, 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 mighty way, hallelujah. Hallelujah and y'all to stop and think who are we just who are we that the God I think that's what sister Susie was singing on who am I who are we that the God that created the heavens and the earth step down to just a handful of people who are we why what David said he said Lord who am I you taken me a poor shepherd boy out of the sheep coat when you've anointed me to be king over Israel who am I sometimes as Susie as asked God I say, God who am I and why have you revealed this kingdom and this word in me like you have you could to found somebody that could speak a whole lot better as I'm going to tell you, sometimes when God talks to me and I try to get it out, it's like everything gets tangled up. <laughs> and I can't get it out like I want to. I can't get it out. I say, God, if I could just talk to people like you talk to me. I remember a brother gone on to be with the Lord now. He come to church here in Fort Payne. It's come a few times. And I don't know, I... Just every now and then I'll sing, but not very often. Because it's not my calling. But sometimes I just feel the Lord. Just want to praise Him. Just want to glorify Him. And he said something to me about singing. And he said, Brother Mary, you just sing too soft. And he said but you don't preach soft he said you need to preach like you sing I said there ain't more one thing wrong with that I said I don't have to preach on key <laughs> he thought that was funny I said I don't have to, I don't have to worry about preaching on key I said I do try to stay somewhere you know what I'm saying I do try to stay somewhere within four or five keys but I don't know nothing about all that stuff. I'm not musically, and I've never studied that stuff. Now, I, my wife's a musician. She understands all that stuff. But me, I'm just... I, I, I preach by letter. I just open my mouth and let her fly. Because <laughs> whatever God gives me, that's what's coming out. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, the last few days, it just something's flooded my soul. My wife went home Thursday sometime, and I stayed, and I ain't hardly been out of the trailer since Thursday. And just been in there studying and seeking God. And I got a phone call, not a, a text, Thursday sometime from the pastor over in Alabama. You know, I was telling y'all about that miracle where his sister had that bulging disc in her back and had that short leg, and we sat down in the chair, to check her legs, pulled them up, just like that. And just as I pulled them up even, he said, oh, my God, look at that. And he said, look at that, look at that. And I said, oh, my God, y'all look. And that thing just started growing. Didn't pray, didn't ask God, didn't exercise faith, as we call it. Just pulled them up there, says Susie. And I mean, just like that, a leg was out there. And that anointing was different. There was something there. And got a text from him Thursday he said you remember praying for the little boy that had the hole in his heart because they brought a like a I mean wasn't very old I don't even know if he's six months old couldn't been two or three months old and his daddy brought him up and his grandmama come up there with him and he said, he got a, doctor said he had a big hole in his heart, and they wanted to do open heart surgery. I looked at him, and I said, you just wait. Don't you get in fear? Don't you move in fear? You just hold on and wait. I said, I'm fixing to pray the prayer of faith for that baby. That baby's going to be all right. And I prayed the prayer of faith for that baby, and I gave him a prayer cloth. I said, you put that in the bed where that baby sleeps. I mean, this just two or three weeks ago. I can't even remember the date I was there. Hadn't been very long. Hadn't even, I don't even think, think it's been a month. And he texted me thirsty. He said they took him to the doctor. said they can't find the hole. He said, I drove the doctor crazy. He said, because the hole's completely dried up. They can't even tell where it was. And man, something hit my spirit i said god i used to have these miracles every night under the tents i mean everywhere i'd go there'd be no i ain't talking about you somebody getting healed of a headache so fat i'm talking about notable miracles notable you've been in my tent meetings brother elder notable miracles it's something just getting to move in my spirit Y'all just going to have to let me go down the road. I feel led to go down today. But man, something began to move in me. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go back. And I said, I'm just going to start writing down the visions, the dreams, the things God spoke to me. And I started writing them down. And I know that there's things I ain't even thought of, but 22 open visions and dreams. Since the 70s, that God has showed me about the ministry we're fixing to step into. Twenty-two. Visions of divine miracles and raising the dead and different things God showed me and things God spoke to me. has brought us up to this time right here. What about things back there? It was talking about things to come. And every time God would speak to me. He'd do a notable miracle to confirm His Word. Just like I was preaching over at Brother Mark's and I was preaching about this new generation and about this new ministry God's fixing to bring in and God done those miracles to confirm that Word. Because there is a new generation. There is a new visitation. You know, we've been in such a famine for the Word of God and for the working of the Holy Ghost like the early church had. But back Whenever it was in July, yes, God spoke to me. I don't even remember when God spoke to me now, but I preach that message right here. We're going into a new beginning. There's a new beginning with God, and I'm telling you, the ministry of the Son of Man, is it, it's here, it's on us. I checked my text, and I text Brother Michael Harris. And y'all don't forget he'll be here next Sunday, so y'all get in here and pray with us I'm believing God for a great move but I text brother Michael Harris I text brother Harry y'all have never met brother Harry Kipling or brother Mark Waldrop some of you's met him and I think I may have text my son on the night that was two weeks ago and I said the ministry of the son of man's fixing stuff on the scene I said it back in June by the Spirit of the Lord I believe you said it June 21st or something like that the Lord told me in just a few days the ministry of the Son of Man that's the ministry Jesus had when he walked this earth he's stepping on the scene and somebody got to dare to believe God somebody got to have that faith and dare to believe God and I just started going back in the dreams and the visions and I remember talking about this new generation I remember back in 99 I was preaching with another brother up North Carolina it was I think January back in 99 and he had got me some churches to preach in and I I was up there and I I had a dream that night that i was driving a beautiful old truck it was a classic didn't know what it was at that time but I found out later it was a 1965 Ford red and white restored beautiful in perfect condition and i was driving down the road and sitting on the seat beside me it looked like my oldest daughter when she's like eight or nine years old and I said, I didn't know what kind of truck it was. And, and that brother that was with me, he 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 deals with all them things. He deals with old cars and stuff. And about two hours later, we pulled into a gas station. And I said, there it is right there. That's what I saw. He said, that's 65 Ford. I said, you find me a red and white one. It wasn't about a year, if it's even that long. He called me and he said, I got you a truck. And I'd already had him start, you know, just a little at a time working on one and restoring it. But I pulled up in his driveway and there set that red and white Ford. Automatic from the factory, which you don't find. And when he pulled in that truck, his wife said, You know that's Brother Matter's truck, don't you? He said, Oh, yeah, I know. So he called me and told me he had it, and he just swapped me. For what he had already done on this other truck. He just swapped me and gave me that one, and I don't need to get in all that. But anyway... It's been about two or three years ago now, probably about 2013. I walked my mama's house, and we got a bedroom back there where we stay when we stay with mama. And just Susie, on the wall, there was a picture of my daughter when she was like four years old. And I looked at that picture. I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "That wasn't my daughter on the seat of that truck. That was my granddaughter." because they look just alike my 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 granddaughter looks just like her mama when she was little and I said God you were showing me my granddaughter you was not show it me my daughter you were showing me my granddaughter and she's fixing to turn six years old and in that dream she's like eight or nine seven eight or nine and i was meditating on that the other morning i said oh my god you've been telling us about a restoration revival you've been telling us about a restoring of the holy ghost about the gifts and the anointing i said that was that truck that truck was completely restored in a masculine condition i said you were, you've been showing us a restoration revival and i said that that my granddaughter—that's the new generation. That's the new generation. God's fixing to reach—a brand new generation—and God showed me in 1999, eleven years before she's ever born. Y'all think God ain't got this thing in His control? You think God ain't got this thing in His hand? Oh, you better believe He does. And the Lord just started taking me through some things. And I started writing down. We was in a little town. Church wasn't much bigger than this, if it's even this big. You remember that little church in Millen? It probably wasn't much bigger than this. And uh, it it's a black church, and I was preaching for a brother over there. He's going on to be with the Lord now. He he had founded about twelve churches, and I preached in four or five of them for him when we met. Back in the early eighties, and I think it's eighty-four, eighty three, no, it's eighty-four, because Kristen was about a, about a year old. And we had a trailer parked right outside the church, because we lived in travel trailer. Me and my family lived in travel trailer the first five years we'd married, four or five years we'd married. Because I stayed on the road. And they stayed on the road with me. And something happened to Kristen on the way that meeting, she got sick. And somewhere, she just, and you'd have no and she was just lively. She had big old fat, pretty cheeks and just always lively and happy. And she quit eating and she quit drinking. And I'd pick her up and she'd just put her head on my shoulder, Sister Pat. Now, well, I was not never raised to go to doctor. says Susie. I never thought about, I never feared, I never thought about taking my kid to the doctor. I just believed. And I... Went out in the church, and I prayed all night long. And I come back in my trailer about daylight. And I walked over to put a kettle of hot water on the stove. And just said so did, the voice of the Lord spoke audibly. I heard him. He said, thy faith will make thee whole. Thy faith will make thee whole. And I didn't say nothing. I just knew God had spoke to me. And I preached that night, on thy faith hath made thee whole. And when I got through preaching, I said, now I want to minister to the sick. I mean, every service just about when I was preaching, I'd call for the sick. ain't very many preachers do that. But I was one that would. And people started coming, and I heard a voice. There was a lady coming up the aisle of the church just almost screaming at me. Preacher! Preacher! That word was for me. And I looked, and here she come. And I think it was her right leg, and she was just dragging it like this. She said, that word was for me. She said, I'm called to preach the gospel. And I was in a car wreck several years ago and said, his leg's all messed up. And They operated on my back, and I'm all messed up, and I'm living on pain pills. She said, I live in pain all the time and i just sat her down in a chair and i'm talking about yeah you, you ain't talking about nothing like this you talking about several inches and i just knelt down there and i said god i know what you told me and i prayed the prayer of faith for it i mean that thing just like that that woman come out of that chair and started running around that church shouting and hollering and praising god and i'm healed and she wasn't limping she wasn't dragging that foot she wasn't I mean, she was running and shouting. That church went wild. And a woman run up to me and sent a little four-year-old boy down right in front of me. And, and he was, she just said, here, pray for my son. Y'all ever seen a bull legged cowboy? <laughs> That's the way that little boy was. I looked at him. I said, son, I said, you couldn't have hogs up in a ditch. I said, "Then would run between your legs. And I set that little boy down that chair. And time he hit that chair, one of them went perfectly straight. I grabbed the other one, and I just kind of done like that. And I said, in the name of Jesus, the other one popped straight. And, man, miracles hit that place. And for 30 minutes, God worked notable. I ain't talking about about headaches or toe aches. I, I'm talking about notable I, Jesus ministry. I, miracles you can see with your eyes was happening. Things started calming down. I told my wife, I said, You bring me the baby. And I took her and I cradled her in my arms. And I said, God, I know what you told me. I said, I know what you told me. And I said, Now you do what you said. I said, because I know where my faith is. And I gave her the lease, and she took her out that side door and took her out the trailer. I said, go feed her. I believe what I told her. She walked out that trailer door, and I went on with the service and about to close it down. Man, She busted through that side door, and she, she was holding Kristen up like this. <laughs> Big smile on that baby's face, big old rosy cheeks. And she said she ate a bottle, drank a bottle and a half of formula and ate a jar and a half of baby food. Hallelujah. That's the God uh, that I'm believing right now. Uh, he's fixing to step on the scene uh, because the time has come uh, for him to reveal uh, his son in me. Hallelujah. I can't tell you. This happened week after week after week. And I'm not lying to you. I was on evangelistic field. says Kathy, it wasn't nothing to have a notable miracle. Go preach a revival and be there a week, 10 days, two weeks, and have half a dozen just notable miracles. My daddy had a church in Rainsville, Alabama in 1996. I was preaching for him, and I kept telling people during the meeting. I said, I feel like. Somebody know somebody's deaf and dumb, a deaf mute. I said, "Bring them." I said, "I just feel something." So I walked out there that last Sunday, and there wasn't one of them there. There was three of them. I had a whole family that was deaf and dumb, and I preached that word, and I got through preaching. There was a mom and a daddy and about a little seven, eight year old girl, and they had a son that was deaf and dumb, but he didn't come with them. First thing I done is I took that little girl. And I just brought her out, and you know, I had somebody working with her. There was a lady there that knew sign language. And I got her calmed down where she wouldn't fear. And I stuck my fingers in that little girl's ears. And then I got for her to stick her tongue out, and I reached around and touched her tongue. Spirit of the Lord come on me, and I bound that deaf and dumb spirit and told it to come out. And I felt the power of God radiate through that place. But then I turned to where she couldn't see my mouth and I leaned down beside her and I said, Baby She looked up at me and I turned her head back around and I looked at her. Put my hand on her. I let her I pulled her hand up, let her put it on my throat like this, and I said, Baby She looked at me and she said, Baby <laughs> And then the lady that was on the keyboard up on the platform, I got her to say two or three words with me and I turned around and I done like that and man she run down that keyboard and that little girl's head went Then my eyes got big pray for all three of them the mama the daddy the little girl all three of them heard and spoke the best they could speak they could repeat you know sounds but they didn't know how to talk because they'd never heard you gotta hear to be able to form your words and talk I mean it's phonetics we all go through it with our kids but God healed that deaf and dumb family First time ever, uh, second time ever, put 10 up down there at Sister Daniels in Twin City. First time we helped get the church started, put it up before there's ever church formed down there, and had all kind of miracles. But about two years, I think it was '91 or '92. I can't remember now. Might've been the third time, but anyway, I was in that meeting and and uh, man, come in there. And I got this on video. I've been hoping I could find it, but I set that man down. And I'm talking about a short leg. You can see it on the video, and you can watch it when I pray. You can just watch it grow. I mean, it just like that, it just started growing, and it just it didn't shoot out there all of a sudden. You can just watch it on video. You can just watch it grow. Prayed for him, then there was another lady that had a big garter in her throat, and I prayed for her, and God dried that garter up. I hope y'all are with me today. Don't get bored about what I'm saying. This has been my life for forty something years. And prayed for her and then I turned around and prophesied to somebody else he brought about three or four people got healed all four five of them he stood up in the meeting he said can I say something I said yeah he said I'm a pastor of a church he said all these are my people and he said that person he just ministered to said he nailed it right on the head <laughs> said we gonna attend this revival I'm fixing to get people to come <laughs> and he got to where he was bringing five, six, seven, ten, twelve every night, and so I was out there praying behind the tent one night, and he he pulled up in his car, and I just thought, I said, I wonder who he's brought tonight, and I just started to walk over, and I did the side door of the car, out and I seen a set of crutches come out, and I seen that set of crutches come out, and I said, oh boy, <laughs> and I said. And I walked over and a man slid himself out and pulled himself up on them crutches. And I said, what happened to you? He said, 13 years ago, I got shot in the spine with a shotgun. He said, I'm almost paralyzed. He said, my spine's hanging on by a thread. And the doctor said, if I ever snaps, I'll be paralyzed from my neck down. He said, and I've been hearing about these miracles. And this is what he says to Susie. He said, I come tonight believing God for my miracle." He said, I come believing God from a miracle. And man, he walked off, and when he did, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you believe. Let's see how had he put it. He said, you believe for what is unbelievable, and I will do what you believe is impossible. <laughs> the whole time I was preaching. I looked back there at that man, and God said, believe for the Unbelievable. And I will do what you think is impossible. And I got through and I prayed for some folks. And he was sitting back there on the back row. And he didn't come up because it's hard for him to stand. And then I motioned for him to come up. And when I got him up there, I said, now, I'm just going to pray for God to take your pain. Because he said, I'm in constant pain. I said, I'm just going to pray for God to take your pain. Because I knew if I told him I was going to pray for God to give him a miracle, he'd panic." Because I prayed for people, and God's given miracles, and they've panicked and lost it. I prayed for a man with a blind eye in 1981, Scottsboro, Alabama. Told her. No, it was a woman. I told her. I said, I'm going to pray for that eye, and you're fixing to see. And I said, if you ain't careful, fear hit you, and you lose it. exactly what happened. I prayed for God opened that eye. Three years old, her brother stuck a knife in it. And I prayed for it, and her vision come, clear it up. And she started shouting, praising God, and then fear hit her. She lost it just like that, and I never could get her to get it back. She just let fear get a hold of her. And so I told him, I said, I'm going to pray for your pain. Man, I laid hands on that man. I felt like somebody turned on about 440 volts up there in heaven. That thing come down and run through me. I had my hand on that man's head. Next thing I know, I was screaming. <laughs> Do I create a creative miracle, oh God. Reveal yourself and show your power and your glory. In the name of Jesus, work a creative miracle. And I got through praying and I looked at man tears just rolling down his face I said how you feel he said I don't know he said I ain't never felt nothing like that I said seriously how you feel check see if you got any pain he said no I said you sure he said no I said I'll tell you what I want you to do I said won't you walk out through there about 10 or 15 feet and come back he walked out on his crutches come back I said how you feel he said, man, that feels good. He said, that's the first time I ain't been in pain in 13 years. I said, now. I said, we're going to try something. <laughs> he looked at me. I said, I don't want one of your crutches. You give me one of them. And I walked beside him on the side where he had his crutch. I said, don't hold on to you me. Know, I'm going to be here if you feel like you're going to fall. We walked out there about 10, 15 feet and come back. And I didn't let him hold on to me. I said, how do you feel? he said man you know I feel good I said really I said you got any pain he said I ain't got a lick of pain preacher not a bit I said now <laughs> he knew what was coming because he cocked his eyes up and got of looked at me I said "Don't you other crutch <laughs> so he eased it over to me and I said now more steady I said now let's go I said we're gonna walk in Jesus name so I had him I was on this say he was over here he's holding on that arm we started off like this he started off real stiff. all of a sudden the Spirit of God hit him he dropped my arm and he took off just like that I mean just almost on a run and man you talking about the Spirit of God and faith and miracles hit and sister Daniel's mother-in-law was right beside that little white building there's a little white building in there where they started oh probably ain't even as big as this You'd see about thirty people with platform, and had one restroom in it. And she said she went out there that night to go to the restroom. His he back, he's in that building, on the back horse. And I got a miracle! I got a miracle! I got a miracle! I got a miracle, miracle! I come to give a miracle, miracle! I got a miracle. I Only know what the man's name was, says Susie. Never saw him again. He left that meeting. They said he went loading his car up and drove to where he was from to tell his family and to give God the glory what he had done I wouldn't know the man again don't know what his name is don't know nothing about him all I know is he used to be in on them crutches and around that square and sometimes he's in a wheelchair for in Swainsboro Georgia and God just kept doing stuff like this and I was praying one day just meditating on the Lord it's about 1996 And some of y'all know sister, you know sister Gail Haig over at the church. Well, she got a daughter named Angie. And most of y'all ain't never met Angie because Angie come to church just a little while after we started church, and then she got off in something else. But anyway, I understand she's going back to church now, and that's good. But anyway, I think it's 93. And I was coming in and I was going in like preaching in National Guard Armories, different auditoriums in the winter time. And I went in the National Guard Armory over in the center and Angie was on her way to church. She had a car wreck. Flipped her car and rolled it about five or six times, little old Bronco. Found her laying out in the middle of a pasture. And I think they even life flighted her to the hospital and her pelvic bone, all that was all messed up, and I think she broke her collarbone and, and I I heard about it. And I went to the hospital to pray for. Her. Sister Gail was there, and Sister Gail wasn't serving God at that time. And I looked at Angie. I said, "I'm gonna pray the prayer of faith for, you and you're gonna be all right." I said, "You don't have to have that operation." So I prayed for her. And they come told her mama, "says she don't have that operation. She gonna have a leg two or three inches short. She gonna limp the rest of her life. She ain't never gonna be able to move right." So they went ahead and operated on her. So I was preaching. Said 94. I was getting ready to go to India. I was preaching out there at that little church Daddy had, and they brought Angie in in a wheelchair. Rolled her down front. She put an offering in. They rolled her right there. I said, "You stay right there. I'm fixing to pray for you." And they done told her said she was senior in high school. It was January. Said you won't be able to go back to school. Won't be able to finish your senior year. You'll have to go back to school all next year the Spirit of the Lord fell on me so I prayed the prayer of faith for it I said now nah, in the name of Jesus get up and walk she come up by that wheelchair sister Pat and started walking running shouting praising God all up and down the aisles of that church she went back over and started to sit down in that wheelchair I said don't you sit down that thing I said I just got you out of it she went back to school the very next day finished her senior year about three or four months went by and she started having pain in her back she went to the doctor and the x rayer the doctor scratched his head and I said, "I don't know what in the world's going on." I said, "But every one of them screws we put in your bones is worked out, and we got to go in there and take them out. Every screw they put in them bones to hold them together," they said, "it worked its way out." And they had to go back in there and said, and take every one of them out." And I've seen, I, I've had these things happen, and I was just meditating on the Lord somewhere around 96 97 and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me he said if you would write down the miracles that you had he said it'd read like a chapter in the book of Acts I said oh my god coming out of wheelchairs coming off of crutches blind eyes deaf ears dumb tongues cancers tumors read like a chapter in the book of Acts say why are you why you exhorting on all this because this is what god is revealing right now and somebody fixing to step into this this ain't just for me this is the ministry of the son of man and somebody fixing to step into this i'm telling you jesus is fixing to be made manifest in our mortal flesh hallelujah and it's time to take the limits off of god and it's time to dare to believe hallelujah justin come here son Oh, my high-roche. Take your glasses off. Man, I've had a burden for you for two or three weeks now. It's like something has stood up and warred against your soul. And it's like something has been trying to pull you down. I don't know if it's a fear. I don't know what it is. But there's a power that has come against you to attack your mind and your body and hold you back. But it it leaves you right who Stand still, my son, just a little longer. For I am conditioning, I am preparing. I am edifying and I am getting thee ready. To go forth in the authority and dominion of my word and my spirit. For this is the day that I will reveal my Son in those that seek me and set their hearts to follow after me. And thou hast done this. Yea, even the enemy is coming. Like a flood of the Lord lift up a standard. And I cause the gift and the anointing of my spirit, my word, to overshadow thee. And I bring thee forth in a strength and in a power. Worry not about what's ahead of thee. Fear not, for all things are in my hands and in my control. And no matter what comes, knowest thou that i got him with thee, and I will order thy steps and direct thy paths, and I will bring thee forth. For I the Lord have predestined for and spoken, and none can hinder and none can reverse, as long as thou keep thyself. Yea, seeking and searching for my will, for I the Lord has spoken. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord? I said, Do you love the Lord? Mighty God, Hallelujah! Praise you, Jesus. God is bringing us forward if we will let Him. Y'all hear me? But you got to let God work. You know it don't matter. What God just told him, what matters is how he applies it to his life. Because God can speak to you about your potential. God can tell you what kind of great things you do, Brother Terrell. He can speak to you about your potential. But it's up to you. Amen. Amen. It's up to you to reach that place that the Spirit of God can yield its strength through you. Amen. And the Lord told us in Joel, said the vine and the fig tree are going to yield their strength. When something yields its strength, when something yields its strength, that means it gives you everything it's got. It gives you everything it's got. You can't get nothing else out of it. Amen. And I want to read to you out of the first chapter of Galatians. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm expecting God to do great things. I ain't talking about 20 years down the road. It's like everybody is. They'll talk about how great God is, how good God is, how powerful God is. But, oh, yeah, brother, Metter, I believe God can do anything. Yeah, but when do you believe he can do anything? <laughs> Y'all with me? But when? When? It's like somebody kept arguing me that, Jesus had the fullness of God revealed in him I said I don't doubt that he said it pleased God that all the fullness would dwell all the fullness of God had dwell in him I said I don't doubt that he said well see I'm right I said no you ain't right because he's trying to tell me he had it when he walked earth I don't believe that I don't believe the full power of God dwelt in Jesus till after his resurrection That's just my viewpoint. And i got about five wheelbarrow loads of Scripture I can (laughs) can dump on you. And he said, well, you just said. I said, yeah, I just said. I said, but when did it happen? When did it happen? That's the key. When? It ain't going to happen until God's ordained it. But people ain't believing for it. They ain't pressing toward it. They ain't seeking for it. And they ain't believe it's going to be real in their lives. It's like Sister Sheila Austin. She'd been a meeting with me, or I'd go to Savannah and preach, or Twin City, and she'd say, now, that miracle thing, (laughs) and laying hands on folks and, Blind eyes and deaf ears cast at all these devils," she said. "That's a Brother matter thing." <laughs> I got her after service. I said, "She'll." I said, "Danny, Brother better thing." I said, "That's Jesus thing." And I said, "Somewhere are you gonna do it?" Oh, I don't know, Brother Medder. I don't know. I said, "Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will." I went with her ninety-four to the Philippines and and uh, we was preaching in a little village. I finally had to set her and a couple other people down that I was doing missionary work with back then. Well, I went with Sister Sheila in 94, and I hadn't had a chance to go back with her anywhere. But I didn't go back to the mission field in 2006. And I finally had to set these people down. I said, look, I don't know where y'all learned to do missionary work. I said, but if you want me to go with you and you want me to preach, I said, you get me one place. And I said, you put me there and leave me there. Don't bounce me all over the country. Two nights here and two nights there and two nights, and have me stretched out for five hundred miles. I said, leave me in one spot. And I said, God starts working miracles instead. You reaching the hundred here, a hundred there, and a hundred over yonder. I said, I'll have fifteen, twenty thousand people out here. I said, because I done done it in the nineties. I know what God'll do. We was preaching in uh, some kind of little old city. I couldn't even tell you what it was. And they had a like a pavilion, concrete set about three or three foot off floor concrete pavilion you get about 25 30 people on it and they had the musicians to everybody up there and Lord spoke to me I said there's somebody out here deaf and dumb and they found him they start searching through the congregation and found him and I prayed for that man and God opened his ears loosed his tongue and he had already known how to talk before he went dumb. And that man started talking. Well, I was preaching about 400 500 that night. I come out there the next night. We had over 2,000 going on 2,500 people that heard about that miracle. And they come out. Thing was, that's my last night there. But anyway, some of y'all know Sister Sandra Hicks. And some of y'all may know her daughter Stephanie. Well, I think Stephanie was about fifteen or sixteen she might have been seventeen and i prayed for that man and god opened them ears and loosed that tongue he started talking and stephanie was probably standing about far from me to you brother elder and when i prayed for that man god healed him i looked at stephanie and she's standing there going (laughs) like that and i walked over to her i said what's the matter sweetheart ain't you ever seen a miracle like that she said not that close (laughs) and she never forgot that but see, I've had these, and we went on. She rented a big soccer field. She had a big soccer field rented. First night out there, I had so many miracles. Whew, man, I don't know what's going on with me today, but I'm having a hard time standing on my feet. I had so many miracles that we got ready to go service the next night, and the Catholic Church controls things in the Philippines this city run off a big generator diesel generator they shut the generator down and blacked out the whole town where I couldn't have service that night they were so upset that God worked so many miracles that first night they locked the whole city down so I couldn't preach Jesus and have miracles because it made people know what they had been taught wasn't right so God's revealing Himself. God's revealing Himself. Amen. So, I can't, man, my spirit's just in a whirl. I feel something fixing to explode out of me. I feel this ministry of the Son of Man fixing to explode out of me, fixing to hit this generation. And I am more than ready. Because it's like when I started pastoring, it's like everything just went down. I didn't have these miracles in the church. Oh, just every now and then. But I wasn't in that realm of faith. I wasn't preaching that faith. I mean, man, I preach faith. You come to the tent meeting, Sister Susie. Man, I preach faith, salvation, and deliverance night after night after night. And it changed people's lives. And we had them healings. We had them miracles. We had that deliverance. And I started telling the Lord the other day, I said, God, I said, something got to change. I said, cause that was my life for thirty something years. That was my life. Twenty, I think I was on the evangelistic field twenty two years full time, from seventy two to ninety nine, till we started church in two thousand. I was on the evangelistic field, and I saw them things happen. The very pastor y'all come up under, brother, elder, sister Kilpatrick. She had her lungs. I never did know what was wrong with them, but she was taking six seven hundred dollars worth of medicine every month to be be able to breathe and she come my meeting right after me and my wife got married and God healed her. I mean, God healed them lungs. And God was always moving. God was always working. And the reason I'm exhorting on this, somebody's fixing to step into this. Somebody fixing to step into this, says Susie. God has called and predestined and foreordained people to step into this. And you need to quit putting it off. And you need to quit looking at God like, well, I can't do this I ain't worthy ain't none of us worthy except by the blood of the lamb. well somebody gotta have the testimony that Jesus lives in here and whether you realize it or not the miracles are the witness of the gospel I stepped out on platform in 95 in 5 Alabama I had a tent temple out there on July the 4th 1995 and just for that tent blew down I stepped out there and I was getting ready to take service, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, What is the witness of the gospel? Man, my mind started twirling, and I had to take service and, you know, get service going. And so I was trying to channel it off that way, and channel it off. My mind started whirling, and I finally said, Well, Lord, I don't know. He said, I bore them witness signs and wonders and miracles and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost Hebrews two and four he said the witness of this gospel is the miracles and the deliverance he said no other religion can boast the miracles and deliverance and the raising of the dead like this gospel of the king he said no other religion can boast it no other religion can talk about miracles like happened in the book of Acts And see, we're supposed to be the book of Acts church and going beyond. Are y'all hearing me today? Man, something's got us off track, and I'm doing everything I can to get folks back on track. Start expecting something. Somewhere Daniel saw people. He said, I see a people that do know their God, and they are strong, and they will do exploits. Well, when's that people going to come? 500 years after you're dead? Quit putting God off. God is right now. The ministry of the Son of Man is right now. It's on to somebody. i got to dare to believe God. Who? Oh. somebody got to dare to believe Him. And not just limit to praying for somebody, man. Jesus didn't just pray for them. He delivered them. He healed them. He made them whole. Show me a sinner the Lord ever left sick, <laughs> and show me a sick person He ever left sinner. Hallelujah. When they brought that man into Capernaum in Mark second chapter, so he was in a house preaching, so there would not even room to raise your hand and eat bread. <laughs> There wasn't any room by the door for anybody to get in and out. They told that man in there with Paul sitting on a stretcher and they couldn't get him in. They saw that ladder. They climbed up that ladder, took the roof off and let him down. When they let him down in front of Jesus, Jesus didn't tell him to be healed. He said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Oh, and then all them, I mean them, I mean them, Scribes, I mean them Holy God I mean them Pharisees. Everybody started criticizing him in their heart. Why don't he know that only God alone forgives sin? And Jesus said to show y'all. The Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. He said, Man, get a walk. So when he should have said be healed, he said, Be saved. When he should have said be saved, he said be healed. He turned around and looked at people. He said, which is easier to say? Which is easier to say? Rise, take up thy bed and walk, and thy sins be forgiven thee. But to show you the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sins, get up and walk. Which is easier to say? Which is easier to say? I was <laughs> down there in Twin City under the tent. And I was having a prayer light, and I going down through there and... Laying hands on people. And got this one lady and started laying my hands on her. I said, Don't touch her. I said, Okay. I said, Ma'am, you just stand there a moment. Went on the next person, just fat, and laid hands on them. God healed them. Next and God healed them. Next and God healed them. And I got about three people down. I said, Well, Lord, what you going to do with her? <laughs> he said, You're going to go back. If y'all been on my tent, I got big spotlights on center poles come down where I pray for people. He said, you're going to go back and you're going to get her in your shadow. And he said, I'm going to heal her by your shadow. I said, not me, you ain't. just <laughs> me and the Lord. I said, not through my shadow, you ain't. And so I just kept going down the line. And the line kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do with that woman? He said, I haven't told you what I'm going to do. I said, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to lay hands on her and you're you going to heal her. He said, no. He said, not unless you obey me, I ain't. And he said, I said, well, God, I don't have what Peter had. He said, how do you know lest you try? How y'all know what God's put in you? If you're too afraid to exercise your faith and you're always limiting God, how do you know what God will do through you? How do you know? Why do we live at the Holy One of Israel? Are y'all with me? And and I just kept talking to the Lord and finally I got to about the last person. <laughs> and the Lord said He said that wasn't Peter's shadow. He said that was my shadow. He said I just borrowed Peter's body. <laughs> And when he said that, I said, well, why didn't you say so in the first place? I said, I'll let you use my body. <laughs> and I walked back up over there, and that woman standing there with all told her, all right, I just all stove up. And I just pulled her over in them spotlights, and I just stepped back, and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And buddy, and it did, them bones started popping. She started moving. Them hands started going up. She started shouting, praising God. See, you got to dare to believe. Somewhere you got to take God at His Word. It ain't you, it's Him in you. Y'all think the miracle's in that hand? Ain't nothing in that hand. It's in here. It's that faith's in my heart. It's that Word of God that's so alive in me. And. I was in a little town called Haleyville, Alabama, 94, having a great meeting. thing was packed out. And I come up there on a Sunday afternoon, and I had announced a special deliverance service. They had three deaf mutes and two people in wheelchairs. Because <laughs> God had been working miracles all week. And I preached that word, on which is easier to say. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk with thy sins, to be forgiven. I said, you don't have to have hands laid on you. I said, the reason we lay hands on the sick, I said, a lot of people, that's their contact. That's their point of contact. But you know, Jesus spoke to them. And he didn't lay hands on them trying to wrestle the devil out of them. Sometimes he just touched them. Man, we got to get out of this stuff and get back the simplicity of the gospel and let God set the book of Acts church back in order. I mean places in the book of Acts do you see the Apostles laying hands on folks and Peter looked out there and seen Aeneas been lame 38 years he said Aeneas get up and walk Paul was preaching seeing that lame man perceived he had faith to be healed Paul told him he said get up and walk." and the man leaped to his feet they didn't lay hands on wrestles the demons when that woman started following Paul and Silas over in Philippi, had that fortune telling spirit in her. These are the men of the most high God. They'll show you the way of salvation. She'd done Paul that way for several days, and Bible said Paul being grieved in his spirit, turned and spoke to the spirit that was in her. He didn't speak to the woman. We start speaking to the spirits and folks. He turned and spoke to the spirit in that woman. You can look it up, it's Acts 16 16. He turned, spoke to the spirit. He said, "He said, I charge you in the name of Jesus. Come out of her. That fourth devil spirit, come out of her. There's so many things in the church that God wants to get out, and get it set back in His divine order, and He wants to reveal His Son in us. That's what the Lord brought back into my spirit early this morning, because I was at home." I don't even remember what year it was, at least I don't know if you remember or not. The Lord got to waking me up at 3.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning to go to prayer. About 3.30 in the morning, I slipped out of the bedroom and I headed, we got a little hallway there by the stairwell. Goes in the office and just as I was about to step in the office, I heard the voice of the Lord to reveal His Son in me. I heard it audible right here. Man, I went and fell on my knees, and I didn't fear to God hit me, and I started crying out to God. I said, God, that's what I've been seeking for, for you to reveal your Son in me, for you to reveal your Son in me. And that's what Paul said. That's the reason I went to Galatians, the first chapter here. And I know I ain't read a lot of Scripture, but y'all bear with me today. Sometimes I think we get... So much scripture, we don't know what to do with it. And I think I got y'all on word overload up here. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there's been some word preached in this little church. Has there not? There's been some word preached here. If we take the word God's given us, you don't have to hear nothing else. <laughs> you go do something with it. Let's go do something with it three and I'm telling you this I believe it's time I believe we'll take the limits off God I believe it's time well brother matter I ain't no great preacher I ain't either but I believe in my God God tells me something I believe him God tells me something I know God spoke to you ain't gonna change my mind (laughs) you can forget that you'd be better you'd be better off go out there and talk one in pine trees tell as an oak tree and try to persuade it it was an oak tree instead of a pine you would be trying to tell me God didn't speak to me because when God speaks to me brother or something in me I know when God speaks to me now there's times that you know God speak to you and that you might not but when God speaks to me sister Pat put something in my spirit and I know it I know it and you, you ain't gonna change me you ain't gonna dissuade me you ain't gonna make me disbelieve I'll go to my death believing in what God spoke to me. This is what Paul said in Galatians, first chapter. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately He said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Paul didn't go up to them that were apostles before him, Paul didn't go. Asked people if God had spoke to him. He went right to Arabia and got himself in a secluded place and started seeking God. They said for three and three and a half years, or thereabout, said Paul sought the Lord after they got him out of Damascus because <laughs> they're trying to kill him in Damascus. Right after he got converted, I mean, man, ain't even converted in no time. To the governor of Damascus is already trying to kill him, he'd stirred up so much trouble. And they let him over the wall in a basket. We don't know the names of them men that let him over the wall in the basket. But I preached one of the greatest words I ever preached on hold of the rope. Because them yeah. men are there in that basket. I mean, the men of were holding that rope and letting Paul down over that wall—they hazarded their lives. Soldiers could have come along any time, killed him, killed Paul. But see, the thing was, they didn't know who they had in the basket, <laughs> and they had to hold onto that rope till that basket hit the ground. Y'all better hold on to the rope. You may not know who you got in the basket up here. <laughs> You never know what you're holding on to or who you're holding on for. You never know when you're fighting for somebody, what kind of call God's got on their life. There's people that you could look at them and look at their lives right now, and you could almost throw them away. And you, in your own thinking, could throw your hands up, and say, "Ain't no use praying for. Them. Ain't no use seeking God for. Them. Ain't no use petitioning God for." Them. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Better hold the rope. You may not know who you got in the basket God may have put somebody in that basket and you know who it is because see when I first come to the Lord there may have been people who didn't think I was worth praying for either but my mama God bless her, her soul I slept in the house and buddy I'd hear my mama crying out to God for me <laughs> never gotten a lot of trouble never done a lot of things wrong just want to be with my friends all the time knowing the hand of God was on my life and I was running from God. What is it about us that we know God's hand's on our life and then we won't go and do what we want to do? And we just won't listen. What is it about us we think we're smarter than God or know better than what God knows? And we, I mean, people will know the will of God for their life and they'll still go do what they want to do in spite of what God's putting in their spirit. We've all done it. I want to tell you something, God's wooing people. He's calling them in. This is the time God fixed to reveal His Son in us. Y'all hear me? He fixed to reveal His Son in us. Paul didn't go up to Peter and Paul and all of them and say, Did God speak to me? Man, I was riding on the way in Damascus and a bright light, knocked me to the ground, and spoke to me. Was that God? Paul knew that was God, because when that boy spoke to him and said, "Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me?" He said, "Who art thou, Lord?" <laughs> Paul knew who he was. He said, "I'm Jesus that thou persecutest." Because the Bible said in the Book of Acts, right there, said Paul, breathing out threatenings and slaughter. He wasn't just threatening Christians. He was slaughtering them. Y'all hear me? He didn't go up to the other apostles. He went and sought the Lord. He went and sought the Lord to the revelation of the Son was revealed in him. He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb when He called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, that's me. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was, I, I was coming back from a ministers' meeting. It's probably five, six years ago. You know, sometimes I can remember days, dates, times, right to the minute, and there's other times I can't remember. But I was riding back from the ministers' meeting down there. Sister Daniel. said it's been five or six years ago. And I'd gone out the road. Sister Susie, I heard all of a voice spoke right there. Said, somebody got to be the next Peter and Paul. Somebody got to be the next Peter and Paul. Somebody got to possess this ministry. Somebody got to be in a place where I can restore. What did God tell us He's going to do? He said, I'm going to restore to you all the years the devils took away from you. Those years He's talking about was the former reign. Y'all can go read your Bibles, but the Lord showed me about a month ago that the book of Joel is not. The outpouring of the book of Acts is the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. Because the latter, the former rain had already come. That's what had been taken away from them. But God said, I'm going to restore that back to you. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you back to what I gave them in the book of Acts. And I ain't going to give you the former rain. I'm going to give you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. All in this new season, all in this new beginning. I'm going to give you all of it. Well, I'd rather have all of it and have just the form of rain. <laughs> but God's wanting to reveal His Son in somebody. Amen. Let's just flip over to Second Corinthians. This is the one I touched on a couple of weeks ago that God spoke to Brother Elder. And I told Brother Elder, I said, "Now come out." I said, "Man, I? I said you've been reading my notes." But God spoke to be saying the same thing he's supposed to be speaking the same thing putting us in the same mind giving us the same judgment is that not right did Paul not tell us in in Corinthians I believe his first chapter he said be of the same mind have the same judgment and speak the same thing because you don't there's division among you there's division among you and two can't walk together except to be agreed now y'all may, y'all may not believe everything that I tell you God shows me but as far as the basic gospel of christ and the kingdom we on the same page are we not oh man that was weak i said are we on the same page (laughs) and there's things god showed you i might not understand there's things god showed me that you might not understand but i ain't by no means revealed everything god showed me because jesus talked to him and he said he said there's things i'd like to reveal to you he said but right now you're dull of ears and hard of hearing (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you, I start talking the Word of God, I can mess with your head if I really get in some of the revelations God give me. But some of it's just for me and the Lord right now. Amen? So, 2 Corinthians 4. Now let's just drop down to verse 8. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Ain't y'all going through anything? <laughs> Better buckle down and hang on because I'm going to tell you, I don't care who wins this election. Persecution's fixed to come to the Christians. Y'all hear me? I don't care who wins. God's in control. And we fix to go through persecution. It may come quicker under one and it does under the other, but we fix to go through persecution. This country fixing to go in chaos. And I was writing in those visions that I had in October 2000, right there in the church in Fort Payne. I believe it's where I was. I was, I was. I was preaching somewhere, but I believe it's October 2000. Yeah, it was October 2000, I believe. I was in the church. I don't know. I can't remember now. But I was preaching somewhere, and I went into an open vision while I was preaching. God took me in the Oval Office. You ever seen them pictures of the Oval Office, that big rug with the presidential seal on it? I saw, that man. I saw a man down on his face, on his knees, had his face buried up in that rug, and he was crying out to God, God, give me wisdom to lead this nation. God, give me wisdom to lead this nation. And when he raised his head, I saw George W. Bush and God spoke to me then he said you tell my people to put the right person in office because this country fixed to go through calamity And you all know what happened about a year we had 9-11 I don't even want to think about where we'd be if somebody else is leading this nation see God said you tell my people I'm telling y'all y'all better go vote you better pray you better let the Spirit of God lead you you better vote by the unction of the Holy Ghost but you better go vote Don't you sit down and say, well, God's got this thing. Now, God told me in 2000, He said, You tell my people they better put the right person in office. That means you go vote. Y'all hear me? That means you go vote. And I told them then, I knew who was going to win. And I told them then, I said, I can't tell y'all who to vote for and ain't trying to tell you. I said, But you better pray and you better go vote. I said, Because this nation, let me tell you something, this nation fixed to go through some calamities, it fixed to go through some upsetnesses some chaos and some turmoil because America's turned her back on God God ain't gonna let her slide he ain't gonna let her slide he gonna move for the righteous but You just might as well roll your banners up says God bless America because God ain't gonna bless a perverted nation he ain't gonna bless an unclean nation he ain't gonna bless a nation that kills over a million babies he ain't gonna do it he ain't gonna bless all this transgender mess he said it was in the days of Noah Did y'all know that's what calls God to judge Noah's day he said men's hearts was set on evil continue reading he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and all them cities. Yeah, it wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah go back and check your history they said there's ten cities out there so in them plains, he destroyed every one of them they're homosexual perverted unclean and God said as it was in the days of Noah as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, or days of Lot, so shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. We in that day, in the, the ministry, that Jesus had when He walked this earth, fixed to be revealed. Fixed to be revealed in us, me and you.
1: Ha! Woo!
4: Don't believe me. I'm going to possess this. Somebody going to possess this. Y'all going with me? Y'all going with me? I said, you going with me? God's got to have a people. Y'all think them, them men women in the book of Acts is any different than what we are? They only was around Jesus for three, three and a half years. They didn't. Jesus had to preach to them all the Psalms and the prophets. Y'all hear me? Man, we got the word on top of word, on top of word, on top of word, on top of sixty-six books of the Bible now. And we still can't get a hold of what it seems like we need to step into what God's got for us. They wasn't no different than we are. And I told the Lord. And me and my wife, we we on the same page on a lot of this stuff. I said, somewhere we got to be ready. I said, because they only heard Jesus three and a half years. And I said, you poured the Holy Ghost out on them. And they come out of that upper room prophesying, doing miracles, preaching the word, setting everything in order. And they turn this world upside down. I said, we can't just keep saying God's getting us ready. <laughs> I said, somewhere something got to happen. I mean, you're going to cook that stew so long. That possum can only get so tender, Sister Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and they say them are tough boogers. Sister <laughs> Pat, you telling me she gonna fix me some possum stew. <laughs> 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 now I didn't tell her I'd eat it, <laughs> but she said, <laughs> "But you only cook something so long, and then if you don't eat it, it ain't gonna be no good." How many of y'all believe we at that place? I don't think there's much more we can do to prepare. If there is, God's going to have to give us something more than what we got. Because I don't know what else to do. Anybody with me? I don't know what else to do to get ready. I've done about all I know to do to get ready. Amen. Amen. I mean, I can... Get dressed for service, and I'm put my clothes on, put my shirt on. I need put a vest and a suit coat on. But if I come out here in an overcoat and a hat and gloves, y'all gonna think something's wrong with me. There's a point that your preparation comes to an end. Are y'all following me? I don't know what else to do to prepare. I'm ready for something to happen. At least I'm telling God I'm ready. Now, he may shake me up, let me know I ain't ready, but I'm ready to see something happen because I tell you this whole week I've been feeling this ministry of the Son of Man fixing to just explode. It's just going to explode. I don't know if it's going to be in the church. I don't know if it's going to be on a sidewalk in a storage. Something's fixing to happen. And when it does, it's going to shake things. Amen. It's going to shake things. Let me go back to where I was reading. I'm fixing to wrap it up. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh right here might be made man that word manifest means take the cover off of take the cover off of it I'm ready for Jesus take the cover off of his spirit that he's placing in us and that that glorious light of the gospel shine out of us amen y'all with me I said are y'all with me Hallelujah. And I'm going back to Matthew 24 and I'm going to give you this scripture. And I brought this out here a while back. And I exhorted on it and taught on it. I'm in Matthew 24. But see when this thing happens. I believe it's just going to happen. It's like that. Because we've prepared, we've waited, we've sought God, we've cleaned our lives up, we've got things out of our spirits so that we should have, the way God's been talking to us. And if you don't do what God tells you, all I can say is you get left out. If you ain't ready when the Spirit of the Lord moves, you can't get left behind. And I ain't interested in getting left behind. I ain't talking about the church getting caught out. I ain't talking about the left behind series. <laughs> I ain't what I'm talking about. verse 27 of Matthew 24 for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west so shall also the coming of the son of man be and it ain't talking about him coming in the clouds of glory it's talking about him being revealed in here because Malachi third chapter first verse behold I send my messenger And he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek. See, when Jesus came, nobody was seeking the Lord. But he said, Behold, the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. We're his temple. We're his temple. Amen. We're his temple. And the very life of Jesus is going to be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Not our immortal See church is told all this going to happen when you get called away. I don't need it up there. I need it down here. I, I hope I ain't going to have no devils to fight up there. <laughs> ain't going to have nothing I got overcome if I, if I make it up there. I need some overcoming faith down here. I need the life of Jesus to reveal itself down here. He said, I'll make it manifest in your mortal flesh. Amen. And so he said he said in Matthew. He said the coming of the Son of Man is going to happen like lightning. And here Malachi says, even the messenger of the covenant, there was no covenant with the people before Jesus came. There was the old covenant, tell you, it wasn't a new. He said, Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in, behold, he shall come. How's he gonna come? Suddenly. 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 Can anybody say suddenly? Y'all know what suddenly means? Suddenly. Like that. Like a bolt of lightning strikes out of the east and goes to the west. Lightning will happen so fast, your eye can just barely catch it sometimes. You ever try to take a picture of a lightning flash with a camera? I have because I love it. I think it's beautiful. And I'll see it lightning, and I'll get my camera, and I'll stand there, and lightning will hit. And by the time it goes back up in the sky I'll go click, 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 missed it. Because my reflexes ain't fast enough to get that bolt of lightning on film. Just ain't fast enough. So I want him to reveal his son in me. Amen. I know what God's called me to do. I don't want around blowing my horn and what God's called me to do but I know what he's called me to do and something's to get broke loose brother Mark was so excited and he found out about that miracle he said man i tell you what he said the virtue was flowing that night I said yes it was and it was like a revival spirit And I'm, I'm supposed to go back over sometime in November and I told him I said I won't just come for one night I said I feel something moving I wanna come for Couple of nights, and that other brother, Brother Harry, he's only about 35 miles from Brother Mark. And I said, We get y'all two churches working together. And I said, I can have about three or four nights between two of you and get y'all flowing together and get y'all working together so this word can get over in Brother Harry's church because they ain't never been around this word. And I'm mailing Brother Harry these CDs and these prophecies, he's taking them, playing them to the church. <laughs> and he said, I told him, he said, I'm your pastor. Y'all chose me to be pastor. And he said, I can preach to you. He said, man, this word's too good to pass up. <laughs> he'll play the CDs. Sometimes he'll play them three or four times. That one on The New Beginning, I think he said he played it in church four times. He said, I love what God's revealing. He said, I ain't never been around this kind of move, Brother Matter. He said, I ain't never been around this kind of move. And he, was, he, he said, all I've seen is a shout. He said, I felt the power of God. He said, he said when you laid hands on me and he said 97 and ministered me in 97, 98 he said the Spirit of God fell to me and he said I fasted 40 days and he said God changed me but he's never seen the power of miracles and deliverance he said I'm hungry for something he said I'm hungry for something my God wouldn't it be great if people get hungry for something that's sure the Lord's fixing to reach out here and get a brand new generation my granddaughter Lord, show me that's a sign of a new generation. Sister says, Susie, your daughter, your son, they're going to be part of this new generation. My son, going to be a minister, going to be a leader if he follows what the will of God is, and I believe he will. Before he ever got saved. Wasn't it before he got saved you had that dream about him? And I don't remember all the details, but was in a church service somewhere and there was a minister preaching and he walked over to me and put his hands on me like he going to prophesy to me. <laughs> and my wife thought, this is what she said, she thought in the dream, she said, buddy, old oh boy, I don't know who you are. So, said, but you put your hands on him prophesy to him, you better know what you're saying and you better know what you're doing you better know it's God. <laughs> and she said... It turned into, didn't you say it turned into Christopher? But somewhere in there you said he was young and then he. standing there, he was 12
3: years to the side, he was 12-year-old Christopher while that man laid his hands on him. And then the scene shifted and he was 25-year-old Christopher. That's what it seemed like with
4: his hand on And he was ministering to him. The Lord showed her from his youth to that ministry to what was fixing to happen to him. We got a great promise to lay hold of, but we can't keep putting God off. We can't keep putting God off. No more religious to you, no more. You know Jesus went to a wedding. John the second chapter, Cana, Cana. His mama come to him and said, "Son." Said so they've run out of wine. Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, I ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> and Mama just turned around and looked at the service. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. She says, Mama knew it was time. That man part of Jesus, I believe there was a fear there, an uncertainty about stepping into that ministry. But when he stepped up and spoke, look what happened. And all he said was, Dry out the water, fill the water. He didn't pray. He didn't lay his hands on water pots. He said, just draw it out, fill them up. And they filled them up. They, he said, now dip some out, take them to the governor of the feast. And he did as the best wine. Well, see, his mama said, they don't have no wine. He said, ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> just leave me alone. Sometimes we just, well, God, I ain't ready. but get ready. Y'all hear me? Because we let situations and circumstances make us feel helpless, make us feel hopeless. It ain't you. I'm going to tell you again it ain't you. It's him in you. Now, I don't care what kind of ability you got, you can't do it in yourself. You can't do it in yourself. But. You gotta be ready. To let the spirit of God flow through you, Amen. You gotta be ready. To let the spirit of God flow through you. It's gotta be done in God's order. You know, I had some good people in Fort Payne, and I had some I couldn't do nothing with. If they're watching, they know because I had some I couldn't get them to come set into leadership. some people think they can just go out there and do something for God and they don't have to have no kind of counsel, no kind of leadership no kind of wisdom no kind of edification they just going to go out there and do something for God and you might but somewhere you're going to shipwreck because you ain't got a foundation under you the Lord set the church up in the book of Acts and if people didn't need the church the Lord wouldn't set it up he set up five ministries He set up them five ministries in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 for the perfecting of the saints. That means the maturing and the completion for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. It takes those five ministries working in the church. That's the reason I'm praying continually. God raised them five ministries up, bring them back to the church, set the church back in your order. Y'all remember when I had that vision, June, a year ago, how the universe was out of order. Then I seen that explosion, God brought it back in order. Put everything back in order. He said, well, man sinned. He said, everything got out of my divine order. He said, but I want to raise Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 1 and 20, what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He said, brought everything back in my divine order. Now everything's back in order. Now God's got to get us back in order. Amen. And God didn't mean for the church to function the way it's functioning. All I'm doing is occupy until he comes. I'm doing my best. And everybody I talk to, I tell them you need a home church. You need leadership. You need edifying. You need wisdom. You may be called of God. But God don't have no loose cannons. Amen. I don't have no loose cannons. But Terrell, I'm glad to see you. Believe it or not, I was praying for you this week. You come to my heart and mind this week, and I started praying for you. I said, God, I'd love to see that man back in church. And I don't know if you got a home church or not, and, but you're welcome. You're welcome here. We'd love to have you. Because I know I ministered to you one time in Fort Payne. You called to God. I know you are, Hand of God's on his life. Well, see, all I can do is edify. All I can do is point you in the right direction. Y'all going to be like a bloodhound. You, you, you can take a piece of clothing, got a scent on it, and you can rub it in the bloodhound's nose. That bloodhound's a good bloodhound, but he'll put that nose to the track. And if people have been around that area, he'll pick that scent up and he'll track them. <laughs> it's time to get on Jesus' trail. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Yes. How many of y'all appreciate this service? Yes. God's trying to help us, children. He's trying to help us. But we can't keep just setting. We gotta let something move us. We gotta let something move us. Amen. I'm not expecting y'all to go out here and raise the dead yet. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me three different times about raising the dead. First time in eighty four then I singed again 91 Then I sing again 92 first dream I had he raised him raised my dad out of the coffin from the embalmed state 1984 Lord spoke to me audible I said North uh, South Carolina the Lord spoke to me audible. I sat down in the courtyard, had my Bible spread out on a picnic table, was standing there in the motel. And I had to preach that night, and I was reading, and I heard a voice speak behind me. He said, And the dead is raised up. Well, I knew where it was in the Bible, so I just turned around. I thought somebody walked up behind me and spoke to me. So uh, I started to get up, and I just got up, and I turned around, and I said, I believe that. What wasn't nobody there. <laughs> but he said, And the dead are raised up very next night I had a dream and I didn't tell anybody who it was Life, daddy died I just told him as a minister but I had a dream I was in revival and I got a call and they said your dad's died and you know what I told the Lord I said do I stay here and preach or do I go because I couldn't help him so I just asked the Lord I said you want me to go you want me to stay the Lord said go so I drove into town when I got in town I said Lord do I go to the house? Do I go to the funeral home? He said, you go to the funeral home. Pulled up in front of the funeral home, got out. And I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but there was two big double glass doors like you'd go in a store. One of these storefronts, two big glass doors on front of that funeral home. And I got out of the truck. I was driving a truck. got out of the truck. Start toward that glass doors. The Lord said, when you walk in, He said, you do exactly what I tell you. He said, don't stop. Don't talk to nobody. Don't let nobody talk to you. He said, go straight to the coffin. Do what I tell you. I walked in. I seen my mom, some of my brothers and sisters over on this side. I started walking. They seen me. They started toward me. I held my hand up and stopped them. Didn't say nothing to them. Just stopped them. Walked straight to the coffin. Daddy was laying there. Had his right hand. had his hands folded on his chest just like this. I stood there and looked down at him. He said, take your right hand and put it in his right hand. Tell him to get up. I slipped my right hand right in Daddy's right hand because it was right on top. I said, Daddy, I said, get up. He blinked his eyes, and opened his eyes, sat up and started talking to me. I said, Lord, I said, are you showing me that Daddy's going to die? He said, not yet. He said, I'm showing you a two-fold dream. He said, "Your dad had the gifts and the anointing of the Holy Ghost working in his life in the early years. Daddy had miracles. He prayed for a blind woman of Ohio went to Church of Christ. Said Church of Christ on his ear. <laughs> I mean, Church of Christ will fight you on miracles to a standstill. And it was the pastor's wife. And that lady come on Daddy's meetings and she was blind. God healed her. Boy, it tore at Church of Christ all the pieces up there. And Daddy used the and kind of miracles." Because he fasted and prayed and sought the Lord, it was just that time. It was like 52, 53, 54 somewhere in there. wasn't too long after I was born. And he said, "I'm showing you a twofold dream." He said, "I'm gonna restore the gifts and the anointing like was in your daddy's ministry." And he said, "And I'm showing you you're gonna raise the dead from the embalmed state right out of the coffin." I said, "Wow." <laughs> And two other times, God spoke to me. So everything God showed me is coming to the Son of Man ministry where we're stepping into right now. Twenty-something, and I, I just about got them wrote down. I'm going I'm to give you all a copy of it once I get it wrote down. If you don't to read it, fine. If you don't, you don't have to. But I'm going to get them down because there's some of them I can't remember much anymore because some of them, I, one of the first time Lord ever ever had a vision, Nineteen seventy six. I said in a big church. I mean there's several hundred people there. And there was a man there, he's a missionary, and he was raising money to go to Africa. And I was just sit there just a bawling. <laughs> Hadn't been saved about three or four years, and I was sitting there just aballing. I said, God, I want to go. I want to go, I wanna go. God, I wanna go, I wanna win So, Lord, I wanna go. I didn't have money to go. what nothing to stop me from going back in. Cause I just me, foot loose, fancy free, single. I'm, I'd do anything, go anywhere if the Lord told me to. And all of a sudden stand up in front of that church, big church, probably see thousand people, and there's probably seven, eight hundred people there. I saw a big man stand up, says Kathy, on that platform. He said about thirty foot tall. He raised his hands up like this and he looked at me and he said, Come over and help us. Dark skinned man said come over and help us right there God gave me my Macedonian call I said there'll be a day that I'll go and since that day I've gone to five foreign countries spent thousands of dollars ministered to thousands of souls and seen them saved healed and delivered I ain't through yet this thing is getting started good said brother Miller you better hurry up you kind of getting old no I ain't getting old Y'all hear me? Bible said Moses is 120. His eyes wasn't dim, his natural force wasn't abated. Abraham didn't die till he was 175. Got married again at 140 something, and still raised up sons and daughters. <laughs> so don't y'all worry about me getting old. The Lord done told me the greatest ministry's ahead. do better pray for God to govern me back. <laughs> Man I feel something turning in me today Can y'all feel this presence of the Lord can y'all feel this turning Let's ask God to bless this word in our hearts Will you do that Father in the name of Jesus Overshadow us God keep us And help us take this word And hide it in our hearts That we sin not against you God I don't want to displease you I want to please you Lord I want to do everything I can to please you teach me your ways Lord give me a heart to serve you and give me a heart to please you and bring these people together in one mind for one accord, one purpose God let us labor and fight for your kingdom get it established in this area let your name be honored, let it be glorified, let it be lifted up in Jesus name we ask it Father Amen Hallelujah, don't you love him what well, time just goes by too fast? Hallelujah! I feel something turning today. Does anybody need prayer today? I appreciate the way the Lord's moving, what He's doing. I'm gonna tell you, I'm looking forward to getting back over in Alabama, cause it was just like a revival spirit, man. I ain't felt that kind of spirit, and miracles and deliverance, and I try to remember what year it was. I was at the ministers' meeting. I don't even know if Christopher was saved or not, but I preached Saturday after uh, Saturday morning and I think you were there with me that time she didn't get to go with me all the time cause of the kids but it might have been on 9 when I prayed for sister I think it was on 9 when I prayed for sister Jenkins she had rheumatoid arthritis in her back and one leg shorter than the other and God healed her and y'all been in Twin City Church you been in Twin City Church Susie you've been there and the Spirit of God hit and people was lined up all the way to the front door from where I was ministering up front. They lined up all the way to the front door and I prayed for people two and a half, three hours. I just like a line didn't move. <laughs> Every time I'd pray for somebody or two or three people I'd look and they'd still be at the door. Went that way about two hours and I looked and they're still back at the door. And finally I told somebody, I said, look, get in the line. I said, I'm sorry but I'm running out of strength come out there and ministered Sunday God done the same thing two days in a row they just stood and got healed and delivered and worked miracles when I was praying for sister Jenkins y'all go ahead and get your offerings out and was a lady's name is Gloria Jenkins she goes to Savannah Georgia Church she had rheumatoid arthritis in her spine I didn't know she had one leg shorter than the other and I'd prayed for her for her back and God had loosed the arthritis and, and then I went and another lady's foot to pray for her. and I prayed for her and God healed her. Sister Jenkins stand there. She said, Well she told somebody stand there, said, Well, I got one leg shorter than the other. They dreamed over. Said, Sister Jenkins got a short leg. I said, Really? She said, Yeah. So down in the chair, you could see it about two inches. I just knelt down there and started praying and it just started growing. And I mean people just lined up all the way to the front door. Two services. But that's the way it used to be in the tent revivals. Man, sometimes I pray for people two hours. I say, God, there ain't this many people in the tent. I think they're recycling. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm ready for them days again. For the book of Acts church. Not just for the miracles. But for that nature. That life, that compassion, that mercy, that love, that kindness, that nature of Jesus, not just His power. I want His characteristic. Amen. I want His nature. But the way I look at it, if the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, it gets in you, y'all like key like acts. Y'all do what He done. Y'all live like He lived. Amen. Amen. Y'all appreciate the Lord. Yes. Everybody take out your best hundred dollars. You can't do a hundred, do a thousand. Stand on your feet and come on and obey the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, the only thing that's going to count when you stand before Judgment Day is what you've done for the Lord. That's what's going to count. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Pastor. love you too. And I did get those wrote down from last week. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I appreciate the Lord. He is so good to us. Amen. God bless you, man. Good to see y'all. Appreciate y'all making the trail. You know, they come all the way from coming. Ain't that good? They drive all the way from coming to be with us. Good to see you, man. God bless. Appreciate you. You know, I know the Lord's working because He's giving people dreams about coming to church, waking them up and telling them to come. You know, that young lady come a month or so ago or two months ago, woke her up and Told her to come, and then the one last week, said she woke up, Lord told her to come to my church. Somebody's had a dream about me, they said, I need to go see Brother Matters. So the Lord's drawing people. It's just whether people are going to be obedient or not. So whether people are going to be obedient, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like I told you, I get a hold of something, God tells me something, I'll hold on to it. God going to fill this church up. He's going to run it over. Amen. He going to run it over. He's going to fill it up and run it over. Won't you come close, says Kathy? Now won't you tell people what the Lord spoke to you in prayer? About being careful. because Lord told me several weeks ago when I mentioned it here, he said just before this move comes, the devil's gonna try to come with counterfeit. Mess folks up. Counterfeit ain't something you recognize unless you got the right eye. Counterfeit gets close to the real as it can get to deceive you, to mess you up. Amen. Father, thank you for this offering. Bless it. God, bless their obedience of the word. Bless how they move by faith. Give us what we need, Master. For this church and personally, that all needs will be met. We give you honor in Jesus' name.
0: Praise the Lord. I don't know if y'all can make it for Monday night prayer. I'm telling you, it seems like every service, God just moves in that that prayer service, and um, so last Monday night, anyway, in prayer, the spirit of the Lord just flowed out of me and and began to speak a warning to the body uh, um, crying out, "Be careful, be careful, be not deceived, don't allow yourself to be deceived that um what he showed me was that um the enemy was going to come like a beautiful light, like something really to be desired, like Something that you would just really want to go after, and it would present itself as an opportunity for ministry. And you would, you were thinking, we, the body, whoever it was, was thinking that I got to do this, I got to do this for the kingdom. I want to, I got to, God's opened this door and I got to go for the kingdom. But the Spirit of God was saying, No, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. Don't do it, don't do it. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. He said that over and over again. Be careful. Don't be deceived. Be careful. Don't be deceived. It's going to look like me. It's going to feel like me. It's, it's going to uh, appear as something wonderful and beautiful and exciting. Something to be desired for the kingdom of God. But it's not God. It's not God. And it's our responsibility to to seek Him and to know His voice and to be led by His Spirit and not allow ourselves to be deceived and it, it was just like people are going to buy into this and they're going to they're gonna go th- with the right heart and the right attitude thinking they're doing something for God. But it's not him and it's going to bring about destruction. And there was such a grief that fell on me. Oh, my God, such a grief because the heart of God was broken at the numbers of his people, his vessels, his children that allowed themselves to be deceived and sucked in by that beautiful light. Sister Susie, I could see that serpent leaning up there against that tree, talking. Just so charming and and enticing uh, was one of the words he used. We're going to be enticed to, to move forward and go and do this, but it's not God. And he said, tell my people, tell my children. Tell them, warn them, warn them, warn them. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. So I encourage you to make that part of every prayer you pray. God, keep me. Don't allow me to be deceived, God. Give me discernment. Increase my discernment, God. Do not allow me to be deceived by that enemy, that counterfeit, that enticer, the seducer. Keep me, God. Amen. It is good to see you, Brother Terrell. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you, God, that your word is truth and life and power to them that believe, God. In the name of Jesus, God, go with each one of us and help us to seek you, God, and to find you and to allow you to work in us and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, we praise you and give you thanks. And the church said...